welcome to the Elite Business Live 2023 on tour program. And on behalf of myself and Elite Business, um, I'm Sophie Milliken. I'm founder and CEO at Mojo. We're based here in Newcastle, so it's super exciting to be uh, just across the river today in Gateshead. Mojo work with entrepreneurs and senior executives to raise their profiles within their industry and beyond. So super, super excited to be here hosting via our live broadcast today here from our studio at Atomicon in Newcastle. A huge welcome to our audience who are here in person and those thousands of people who are joining us on the live stream from their office or home across Britain. Now, you'd normally catch us at Elite Business Live, which is an annual conference that takes place in March each year in central London. But this year, Elite Business Live has turned 10. And what better way to celebrate our 10 years of entrepreneurship by going on tour? And this is our third program of five being held here at Atomicon in Newcastle. We're already halfway through the conference. I'm sure many of you will agree that it's been a fantastic day so far. I've seen loads of the presentations and been really inspired and motivated by what I've seen so far. And if you want to join in the conversation that we are having here via social media for Elite Business, do check us out at Elite Business Live using the hashtag EBL2023. So I'm joined here by our fabulous panel, who we will get to know very well in a moment. But for now, can we just give them another huge round of applause for joining us here today? Thank you. So as you heard from Andrew and Pete, we are talking all about elite business nightmares today with our panel. So I'm sure all of you in the audience can relate to having your own nightmares within your business, whether it's in the past or whether you're going through your own nightmare right now. So we are going to be delving into some of these untold stories of hardships and success and the reality of running a fast-track small business. So I want to, to really just delve straight in and look at this unique perspective of ups and downs of entrepreneurship and see if we can find some mistakes to avoid. So I'm going to go straight in there with Ben. And Ben is the co-founder and exec chair at UP. And I'd like you to tell us all about your biggest nightmare. Oh, a lot. <laughs> um, I suppose the biggest nightmare for me was I'd spent... 25 years building a business, building, uh, you know, it's your every waking hour, it was, it was everything. And it got bigger and better and the, the business became, it becomes a family, you know, it becomes, yeah, it's part of your life, definitely. And then the day I sold it, uh, I left the business and the nightmare was I hadn't prepared for what comes next. And it was, it was a terrifying experience. Mm. Tell us a bit more about that. What made it terrifying? Um, I think the business gave me purpose. At the time, I had um, very, very young children, but I'd just got divorced. Uh, and what no one tells us is the business is, is filling such a big part of our life. It gives us purpose, and it makes us feel... It completes us in, in many ways. And a bit like a, a footballer or a sportsman or whatever, you, you, in my case, I was pretty immature. I was 38, 39. I'd just sold a business for seven or 800 million. And, but what I hadn't done is mature as a person. So I, um, I filled that time with drugs and alcohol. So perhaps some negative coping measures there. And you know, you've come through that now. What, what was the turning point with that? The turning point for me was my son got pretty ill. He, he was 12, he weighed 27 kilograms. Um, he had uh, terrible anorexia and bulimia, etc. 
And I thought, right, I better sort myself out. So I did the whole thing and went to rehab and did that. And I came back, and that was four years ago, and I've never been happier. And I realized that there's more to life than work. And there needs to be a balance, which is, I know, a, a part of what we're, what we're talking about today. Um, and so I've learned the hard way, if you like. Mm. And we'll come back to some of those maybe healthier coping mechanisms a, a bit later on. Lisa, tell us about your business nightmares. I guess my nightmare was falling out of love, um, for a, a, a want of a better way to put it. Um, building a business which I truly, truly loved, um, had such purpose to create something better in, in, up here in the Northeast, um, and really put every part of myself into that. Um, sacrificed family life, um, sacrificed time with my children when they were really young, um, and put myself into this business. And over the 10-year period, um, COVID being you know, right bang in the middle of that and then trying to build out of that, having really lost the love for it mm. and trying to put that same effort into that business again when I'd lost the passion and the drive and the love for it. Um, and I guess that was really difficult to accept. Almost one part of me didn't want to accept the failure, um, which I see completely different now, but at the time it felt like failure, um, that I hadn't been able to get the business back up and off the ground after COVID. Um, but it wasn't through want of trying, it was for the, for the love of it. I just didn't want to do that anymore. Um, and accepting that was one of the hardest challenges for me. Um, accepting that I actually had fallen out of love with this business and I was never going to be able to give it the same love and attention and dedication and care that I had given it previously. Um, and I'd found a love somewhere else. Mine sounds like a, a dating relationship, but uh, I'd found passion and love somewhere else. And I had a startup business that was um, you know, separate to the one I had. And I really wanted to put efforts over there, but accepting that decision to move on stop, close the business and pivot into something completely different mm -hmm. when I had a great reputation and a great business over here and build something completely new and something that I wasn't known for and was quite disruptive. Um, was super challenging. But. And, and obviously now that's what you've done as, uh, as founder of Fabric Academy. At what point did you know that that was the time to, to pivot and make that change? I mean, it took, it took a year of, of trying to make that decision. And, in fact, the decision itself was definitely the hardest, hardest thing. Once I'd made the decision, it was, it was easy to put the steps in place to make it happen. Um, I think disconnecting myself emotionally from the business was really difficult. Um, but once I'd made that decision, once the path was clear of a way forward, um, the transition was quite, quite quick and quite easy and quite painless, actually, after that point. Mm -hmm. um, it was the emotional disconnection that I think was, was definitely the hardest. Mm. Alka, founder and CEO of Lifestyle First and TEDx expert speaker. Tell us about one of your nightmares. Have you got many? Have you got <laughs> one that you want to focus on? I think it's a great question. Um, there's this thing in medicine that we have. It's our resuscitation protocol, and it's an ABC, um, which is airways, breathing, and circulation. And I think what I discovered is that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, there's also this sort of breath of life protocol that revolves around an ABC, and it's something that I call autonomy, belonging, and competence. Mm -hmm. So when I think about my nightmares in those areas, I actually have nightmares in all three areas, particularly in the beginning mm -hmm. of this, this entrepreneurship, you know, I was driving a, a new ship to a new destination, and if I look at that ABC, belonging for me was something that I discovered was really painful 
when I didn't belong. So if you're trying to be a disruptor in the market and steering a ship in a different direction to everybody else, it can be a real kind of lonely road to travel. I'd come from a GP partnership where, you know, every Monday morning someone was asking, hey, how was your weekend and what were you up to? Suddenly you're on your own. It's my own business, doing it my way. So I had all the autonomy, you know, every 1,440 minutes was mine, great. But there's also this, uh, this center in your brain that lights up in, if you're feeling pain. And it's the same center with if you've got physical pain that if you've got social pain, and that, that's loneliness, because I discovered that being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, I didn't belong. There was no, and we all need that. We all need to feel the sense of belonging, being part of something, feeling connected, like it's innately human in all of us. And I found that really, really mm. difficult, and the temptation to go back to what I was used to doing was really strong. Mm. And I imagine there's, there's probably a few people in this room and, and at home who are probably feeling that loneliness yeah. right now, maybe just setting out in their journey. What advice have you got to kind of build that tribe quickly and feel less alone? Yeah, oh, 100%, find your squad. You know, whatever you do, find your squad. I think tapping into what was important for me was tapping into my values. Like, just spend a bit of time knowing what's important to you. I think you've touched on this a little bit um, as well. Um, in fact, this time last year, I took myself off um, into seven days of silence. I didn't speak. I mean, I'm a speaker and didn't speak. <laughs> I didn't speak for seven days, but sometimes you need a bit of solitude to do that piece of discovery when you're a busy, passionate business owner. You're kind of full in on your business, and you don't give yourself that time. So a bit of advice is just give yourself a bit of space, figure out what drives you, what your values are, and then find the people in your squad that share that, and then you're not alone. You didn't speak once. Not once. Not a single word. <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> it sounds, sounds interesting. Definitely one to try. Rebecca, founder and MD at Saving Grace Events. Tell us about your nightmare. Um, so, obviously, as you said, I run an events company, um, a successful events company. Um, we're six years old now. Our model is very simple. Um, clients pay us to run incredible events for them when we do the job. Um, obviously, we had a pandemic within the lifetime of my business, um, which was a chance to think about how I would pivot the business. Um, I'd just come out of quite a lot of personal um, grief, having lost several family members. And I think, um, to be honest, I was looking for something to throw myself into. Um, and what I threw myself into was a socially distanced festival. Um, so within a four-month period, um, we went what I would call hell for leather, <laughs> setting up a socially distanced festival that we grew rapidly. So within four months, we'd gone from concept to execution. Uh, we generated over a million pounds worth of revenue. We'd had 20,000 people visit the festival. So um, it was a rapid rise, really. Um, going into the second year, we carried that on into a second year, less socially distanced. Um, and again, we had great numbers of attendants, and it was, you know, a, from a customer point of view, a great success. People loved it. Um, but from a financial point of view, we made a massive loss on it. And that was probably one of the most stressful things I've been through in my life. And how did you, like, at what point did you go, right, okay, this is enough of a loss, I need to just can this? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think pretty quickly, um, although I would say that um, I'm a real believer in gut feel, and I think whenever things go wrong, it's because I've ignored my gut. Um, so I think I, I, th I kept going with it to the point of what I would call delirium because I didn't want to let people down. Um, I, I wanted it to be a success. I could see the potential in it, but it was absolutely killing me. Um, so my mental health suffered massively that obviously impacts on your family I've got a 16 year old son um, so yeah I, I would definitely say I probably should have quit earlier 
um, my own benefit, but also for the benefit of the business. Mm. And around that quitting earlier, are there any sort of signs that you now look back on, maybe around that gut instinct, where if someone else was in a similar position and thinking about quitting something, they can see those signs and stop at the right yeah, time? Yeah, I think um, there's a saying, um, something around, you know, sometimes quitting is the bravest thing to do. Mm. I think as business owners and as people, we, we're told that quitting is not a good thing. Um, when actually sometimes it takes a lot more courage to say, do you know what, this isn't working and I can't make it work, mm. um, than it does to keep going with something indefinitely. Mm. Great. Entrepreneurs tend to be positive when dealing with challenges, right? We're all smiling here despite all of these, all of these challenges that we've had. Lisa, how do you stay upbeat and focused when things might be falling apart around you? Um, I mean, I quite enjoy pressure, maybe not falling apart pressure, but I quite enjoy that challenge of something not working going right. Um, the, surrounding yourself with the, the best people is so important. Um, I've said that before, you know, just finding that squad. And, and that can't always be a team and it can't always be a family and they don't always understand the level of stress or anxiety or pressure that you might be under as much as they will try to help. Um, so surrounding yourself with like-minded business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who have been there and done it or are going through it, I think is super important. Um, and, you know, I guess you've always got to remember that there is a world of opportunity out there. And what I learned, I think, quite hard and fast through COVID is that you can put everything into building a business and it can be gone overnight. Mm -hmm. And you are still here and you've got your health and you've got your family and you've got your friends and that's actually what's important. And if it falls over, it's not good, but you can start again, you can rebuild and you can do something bigger and better and more aligned with your purpose. So I always just think, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, making mistakes often helps you on your next journey or your next path, next adventure. Um, and so keeping surrounded with positive people and that positive frame of mind has really helped, I guess. Great. And ben, obviously, you've uh, grown and scaled loads of businesses and had massive success with that. What keeps you focused, especially now that you've had so many successful exits? How do you keep that purpose? <clears throat> well, it's software businesses that I've built. And the thought, you know, what I'm always wrestling with is, you know, using software to make a business go faster in some way, help it make more money, reduce costs, make its, make its customers happier. Um, and it's the thought of thousands of businesses having this software it's the thought of sitting down with someone who says, do you know what, we bought your software a year ago, and let's face it, a lot of businesses that buy software, you've all bought software, everyone's sitting here today, how often, a year later, would you buy that software again? Right? Probably not very often. And you live for those moments when you sit with someone who says, do you know what, you, you were too cheap, mm -hmm. and this, this software has not only done what, what you said it would do, but, it, but, it, but it's gone beyond that. And I think it's, it's the look on a customer's face, the salesperson's face who sold it, and the thought that one day thousands of businesses could use this piece of software. But the challenge is, just because you've got an amazing piece of software, it doesn't mean thousands of, thousands of businesses will use it. The hard bit is actually working out how do you tell the world at scale about your amazing thing. And to answer your question, I think, how do you keep focused? It's, you know, we all, when we start a business, you look a couple of years into it and you look back and you go, God, haven't we come a long way? How did we do that? How did we get there? Uh, and the truth is you get there because just when you're on the floor and you, you, know, you think you've got nothing left, 
a customer calls and says, I've got a recommendation for you. An investor calls and says, I'd like to go ahead. Maybe you get a LinkedIn um, nudge that says, who connects with you and says, you know, come and talk to us. It's these little adrenaline shots that mm. keep you going and keep you focused. Mm. And I guess those adrenaline shots are, are just so useful at various points when you're not feeling it. And obviously you spoke before about having addiction problems a, a few years back. You know, how are you um, managing stress or challenges now in a, in a healthier way? Um, do you know what? Um, since I stopped drinking, I felt just so much better and, and the stress has largely gone from my life. I live an incredibly, you know, I have a stressful job, but I've got two teenage boys and, you know, et cetera, but I found it just so much easier to manage all of that. And if I'm honest, um, it's, it's, uh, the, my family is my tonic now, and I find that I get my um, relief from work, working with them and, you know, rather than sitting in a bar drinking with business friends mindlessly. Do you miss it? Any of that side? Um, I miss it from time to time. I miss the first hour, but not after yeah. people start dribbling enough, and sort of you know, to go back repeating to their story. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all know a few people that do that, right? Uh, so let's move on and, and talk about burnout a bit, because that's something that um, we've probably all experienced or, or seen, uh, you know, within our communities. And you know, business has always been stressful, but I think the last few years have made it more stressful. You know, some of the challenges that we've seen the last few years, we just could never have predicted. So you know, burnout's a real thing, isn't it, Alka? Tell us a bit about your experiences of burnout. Yeah, I think that's a really, again, another super question. Is burnout a real thing? Um, I mean, I, I speak from a kind of medical angle in terms of, you know, there isn't really a kind of medical diagnostic classification of burnout. And yet it's a word that we use a lot, a bit like stress. Right? Oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, I'm getting burnt out. Um, and I see a lot of burnt out people um, using that phrase um, a lot. Um, my business is the business of reversing aging. So I help business owners and entrepreneurs to reverse aging, feel younger, actually be younger from a uh, much more kind of biological perspective. And the one thing that I see with burnout is that it really changes your aging trajectory. Like it takes years off your life. And unfortunately, as business owners and entrepreneurs, if you're not focused on really picking into those signs of burnout and pulling them back early, your life trajectory has changed. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest problem I see with burnout is that it disguises itself. It wears this mask, and we've heard this word already, it wears this mask of passion. So here's the question. Is the passion for your business that is currently firing you up, like we love what we do, is that the same fire that's then burning you out? Because this is what happened, and this is sort of this is what happened to me on a kind of bit more of a of a personal level. Um, my father passed away almost exactly 20 years ago, and uh, fortunately, he passed away on an operating table um, at the hands of a very tired surgeon whose knife slipped and. It turned out it was an operation he shouldn't have had in the first place because of a medical misdiagnosis. But what my father said to me just before he was being wheeled down to the operating room was he said to me, I've got a bad feeling about this. Can we cancel? And I didn't listen. You know, back to what you said about gut instinct, I didn't listen. 
and I carried a massive amount of guilt, a huge amount of guilt. So there was guilt and there was grief. And I did what a lot of us do, which is got busy. I got super, super busy, like really dived in. I got more letters after my name than in my name, every accolade, the house, the car, all of it. And then, bang, I burnt out, right? And the way I burnt out was physically. If I got a fever, should have been able to shake it couldn't, my body didn't have any resistance because it was so zoned in on being busy, 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 busy. And I was this close to the end of my life as well. So how, what point did it get to where you then actually acknowledged that and stopped and realized that that was the point you'd got to? Yeah, it's that point. And we, we all have these moments in our life. It was that point. It was uh, almost exactly 10 years ago, my birthday month, my children would say happy birthday to me and me thinking, I don't think I'm going to be here next year. And it's that those sorts of moments that, you, I, for me, I had to take a stock check and really think about what was my trajectory. You know, I was, what, was, what did I need to do um, in my lifestyle? And we talk about burnout and we wear it as a badge of honor sometimes. And we talk about stress and wear it as a badge of honor. And it isn't. So, and this is why my business now looks after a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners because no one is burning out <laughs> under my watch. You don't have to. We kind of have this sense that it's all in mm. in our business. And really, how you move, how you sleep, how you, how you eat, how you connect, how you belong, all of that is what actually makes the, the biggest difference. So that was a you know, really big wake-up wake up call for me, and I hope for, for people who are listening or watching today as well, is please, please, please change your trajectory. And you can do it. You know, I've, I've reversed my ageing. Well, we couldn't believe how, how, how old you are. Like, <laughs> any guesses? <laughs> She's 50. She's 50. She but does her, not look it. But my biological age is 20. So if you can think about that Amazing. from a kind of a, even more of a business angle, is that you get to be here longer, I'll be here longer, reaping the success of my business. And you don't really see that success right at the beginning, like you've alluded to, Ben. You don't see that success at the beginning. You want to be here a long, long, long time to see that success. And I always think of um, Steve Jobs. Mm. You know, look at Steve Jobs, right? He, he didn't sleep. He was so passionate about his business. He threw everything into it. And look what he created. But he died an early death pancreatic cancer at the age of what it was, I think it was 46 or something, really young. And yet he got the world through the pandemic, that level of connectivity he created through those phones that he made, and he didn't see that. So what a shame if you don't mm. see that. So for anyone that's kind of experiencing symptoms of, of burnout now or, or kind of worried about their own health, what, what are those early signs where people can see it in themselves but stop themselves before it gets to that Point. Yeah, so definitely to kind of think about, um, I mean, burnout is very much about disengagement. So stress is very much about over-engagement. There's pressure and you're overloaded and there's lots to do. Burnout's the opposite. Burnout is feeling underwhelmed, wanting to kind of dissociate, wanting to dis feel distract, not connect. And if you're noticing that, it all shows up kind of physically. So if you decide to get headaches, are you feeling more tired? It shows up emotionally. Are you reactive? Are you more angry? Are you crying a lot, a lot more? It shows up in your actions. Are you not going out with the friends that you used to go out with? Are you, are you not engaging with your colleagues in the same way that you used to? Watch out for those, because those signs are there. Those early signs are there. We talked about intuition. I mean, I use a lot of data now um, in my work with, um, with business owners and entrepreneurs, because we've got this innate intuition you know you're just ignoring the signs. And so what I also do is use a lot of data, so you know, biodata rings and blood pressure watches and wearables and gadgets that really watch you so that you've got real intel into your physiology and you, you are gonna act on it. Because I think as business owners, we're all measuring our KPIs in our business, right? Like things like you know, website visits, number of clients, and money in and money out. But are you measuring your key personal 
performance indicators, your KPPIs. The you're, most you're, important thing is you, you stop enjoying it. Yes, 100%. Yeah, suddenly Absolutely. what you loved, you, you, yeah, yeah. you, you feel it, right? Mm. You can feel that sense. You talked about passion, and, and I think we, we've got that innate sense. You know, but don't be an ostrich. Don't bury your head in the sand and ignore those signs because they, they are So it's looking for those early signs, yeah. you know, uh, the, the sleep, the relying on unhealthy coping mechanisms, yeah. the alcohol, the late yeah. night. Not jumping out of bed in the morning and your alarm waking yeah. you up is a good example. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. Rebecca, um, you've obviously had a, a number of, of business and, and personal challenges. How do you keep a strong mental well-being throughout everything that, that's happening? Um, I think the simple answer is I haven't always. Um, I'm very good at um, kind of working on my mindset, positivity, journaling, gratitude, all of those kinds of things that have to form part of my morning routine, otherwise I just let go off piste. Um, listening to Alka... <laughs> I'm very worried about myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you'd, I have to be very mindful of it because I can see myself going down a rabbit warren. And um, some of the things that have been mentioned here have definitely been warning signs to me that I've, I've ignored. You know, they're not, not enjoying something anymore. Um, I think we, we live in a society, again, where we're told, you know, just keep going with it, keep going with it. Um, sleeps, for, sleeps for when you're dead, sleeps for wimps. Um, and you can, you can really push yourself too far. And in my case, um, kind of back end of last year, I really did push myself too far. Um, and I'm the kind of person where people say, oh, you know, I'm worried about you. And I'm like, I'm fine. Um, but I was actually worried about myself. Mm -hmm. um, it got that bad. So I think um, I'm usually very good at managing it. I'm usually very good at seeing the warning signs, but occasionally you do trip over into that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, it's retreating. It's feeding the soul with things. It's taking the time out. You mentioned solitude. I'm not sure I could do a week. Mm. <laughs> not do seven talking. minutes. Don't so, do seven but, days. Do seven minutes. Yeah, I'm finding as I'm getting older, I need that time to retreat and just to time away from people, mm. to think, to maybe listen to a podcast or listen to some music or, you know, do something for myself. Um, but I'm definitely finding, I think as you get older, um, life knocks you. So you're not just dealing with the stresses of work, it's an accumulative thing, you're dealing with the stress of losing people, you're dealing with the stress of, you know, in my case, illness, you know, I had breast cancer when I was 37, and all these things layer up, and then you've got work over the top. So I think it's important to acknowledge those, not give yourself too much of a hard time, and also to realise that I think when you're an outsider looking in, and everybody only posts the positives, you can look at other people and their businesses and think, God, they've got it covered, look at them. And people say that to me, and they don't know what's going on underneath the surface so I think also just being a bit easy on yourself and knowing that actually the ups and downs in business are part of the process and once you start accepting that and kind of being a bit easier on yourself I think that's kind of self-care really it'd be boring if it was just flat all the time yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Lisa when you've been experiencing burnout or high periods of, of stress what's been the impact on your family and friends um, well, the, the period of burnout, I guess, towards the end of the agency as we went into COVID was, um, was really detrimental on my marriage. Um, my marriage almost broke down over that after almost 20 years together and a very strong marriage up until that point. Um, I stopped spending time with the kids um, because I was so obsessed about saving this business that I didn't love anymore because I wouldn't admit it was time to stop and move on. Um, I stopped spending time with friends because I just couldn't 
take myself out of the headspace to socialize and have a drink and everything they were talking about felt totally irrelevant to me at that point when all I could think about was this um, in front of me. So almost everything that you described I was going through and it had a really massive impact on my family life and my relationships. Um, but what I think was really enlightening is just making that decision and removing myself from the business being part of my family. You know, I built the business when I had a, a two and a half year old and a six month year old. Um, and I genuinely thought I'd die in that business. It was never built to sell. It was, a, you know, I really loved the business like it was, you know, another child, um, which is crackers. And, it, you know, when I think back about it now, but that's how I felt about it. Um, so I kind of justified it in my mind that it was part of the family and it should get at least equal, if not more attention. And that's really dangerous. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to pull myself back. COVID was a saving grace for me um, because COVID made me realize that all this time and energy and everything I was putting into the business, it could have fallen over and been gone. You know, we lost 83% of our revenue in about the first six weeks of, of COVID. Um, and I had a team of 13 and heavy overheads. So that wake up call made me realize that actually, this is not everything. The, the family, my health, my friends, my relationships are everything. And my priorities were completely in the wrong place. Um, and it's great to be driven and it's great to have ambition and want to do great things. And I've definitely still got that, probably more than I've ever had. Mm. But I'm definitely getting the balance better. Not, yeah. not right, but And better. how do you think you've done that? Because you're growing a, you know, a new business at a really fast rate. You're yeah. out, you've been out fundraising, you're yeah. growing this business all the time, you're everywhere. Yeah. Um, yet you are, you do seem to be balancing things well with family and friend commitments. Yeah. Like what, what's the secret? The secret is almost losing it all and that realization that actually I was this close to losing everything and nearly destroyed all my relationships um, over, over the business and realizing that it's just not bloody worth it. <laughs> and that, you know, if the business works amazing, but the most important thing to protect in life are your relationships and your health and, and you yourself. You know, if, you, if you're not healthy and you're not happy, you're no good to anybody. Never mind the business, you're no good to anybody. So it genuinely, whenever I get carried away, and, I'm, and I do still, you know, I'm not great at self-care. I'm not anywhere near as, as good as I should be. But I do check myself by just taking myself right back to there and going, I almost lost everything that I care about. And this, it's not worth it for this. Um, so that realization, I think, is a big, yeah. big good, game changer. Good advice for us all to, to think about, I think. Um, I think we're going to have time for maybe one or two questions, but I'm just going to ask Ben one more question. But if anyone's thinking of any questions, please, uh, please jump up to, to the mic. So, you know, Ben, you know, your addictions must have had a huge impact on your family in particular. How did you get them back on side? Because I know you've got a great relationship with them now. How did you come back? <clears throat> I think if, you, if you're honest and you, you own the problem, most of your friends and family will support it. You know, they've probably been nudging you in that direction, whatever it is. And if you're seen to go and own the problem, you'll, you'd be surprised how quickly people who have wanted to strangle you turn around <laughs> and go, okay, we'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll support, support you. It happens really, really fast. Um, but the truth is most people never get to that point where they go, you know, us addicts were all the same, right? No, we've got this. We're all good, right? And then a week later, it's all bloody same. And, uh, and it's, it's putting your hands up and saying, yeah, okay, I need a bit of help and I want your support. And I think people would be surprised how quickly that turns around. So again, back to the tribe idea. Okay, does anyone have any burning questions? Yes. 
It's really hard to hear you. Do you want to go grab the mic? Maybe is that easier? <laughs> is that better? Yeah, yeah. 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 So thank you for your authenticity. I think sharing your personal stories helps everybody. It's not easy to sit up there and do that. So it kind of comes from that, this idea that actually as entrepreneurs we've probably all had the shit hit the fan at some point in multiple ways. Um, everything you've said probably resonates with somebody in the room. But on social media, we don't share that. We only share the good. And it's that really fine balance for me of being remaining employable and a brand and people wanting to work with me and being true and authentic so that other people in my network or up-and-coming entrepreneurs can see that it's not all sunshine and roses. And it's how do we achieve that balance between being real to help other people who might be suffering and remaining employable and credible. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Um, I, I genuinely think um, connecting with real people and talking about real experiences is the most important thing you can do. And being vulnerable um, with your team and with your family and friends and with strangers sometimes is so important. People don't do it enough. And I used to do a lot of talks on marketing, which is my specialism. And now I do a lot of talks around life general experiences because I think... When I was starting out in business, nobody would talk about this. Nobody would talk about you know, the, the pitfalls and the troubles and the hard things that you go through. But in fact, they are the things that you learn the most from, but they're also super difficult to deal with when you're on your own and it can be super lonely. So being able to expose those, what we would class as weaknesses, I think, I think can be the most empowering thing for both yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think doing things like this, you know, putting yourself out there and talking about things um, is really important. And I think there's a balance of sharing that on social as well. Um, you know, social is a much bigger audience and you've got to know that when it's out there, it's out there for but good. But it's got to be real and authentic. Yeah, of course. Right? It's not, and it's I, not, and not I feel so quite a lot of the sharing and vulnerability are not being, some, some are not being... Um, authentic in their vulnerability it's poor me yeah do you know what i mean there's a difference yeah. between poor me and being authentic and i think if you're doing it with a purpose to gain followers or likes or attention in the wrong way that's not cool but if you're doing it to help and educate and inspire other people then absolutely share with what you're comfortable and i think the balance we're all human we all have great days and we all have shit days you know it's i think you know sharing that in a in a way that you feel comfortable with is really really important i think it's actually brand building Mm. Say again, sorry. Then, then they're not the right people, people to work with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would say, yeah. yeah, dig out your employers as much as you would be an, an employee and you want that aligned values and you want that authenticity and honesty from them as much as they want it from you. So Great. I think we're pretty much out of time. So um, great point to end on. Lots for us to, to think about. We've covered a, a lot in a short space of time. So thank you very much to our panelists that have joined us today. As I said at the start, this is our third programme of five of, as part of Elite Business on Tour. Next up, we're going to be at the Technology for Marketing, taken over on the main stage at 2.25 p.m. on the 27th of September at the XL in London. All the details you'll be able to find at the end of this program, but you'll be able to live stream and tune in just as you have today or to be part of our studio audience in person. 
This session in September is going to be on Supercharge Your MarTech, how to innovate and excite your customers as an SME. And Ollie Barrett, who usually hosts our Elite Business event, will be back hosting the session in September. You'll catch me again there. This time I will be on the panel and being asked the questions rather than asking the questions. And it looks like it's going to be a great day. To continue the conversation, remember hashtag EBL2023, where there'll be comments shared after this session. Also remember on Elite Business Live, there are plenty of breakout sessions online for you to tune into, offering unique sessions like the one you've seen today, and you'll find these under the What's On tab at the top of your screen. And if you've missed any of today, this session will be released on demand very shortly. So on behalf of me and Elite Business and all of the panel that we've had this afternoon, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you.